Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. America's COVID recovery isn't just on track, it's speeding ahead. New infections are falling or remaining steady across the country. That, of course, prompted an abrupt change on mask guidance. So let me see if I have this right. The CDC does this huge switch on mask guidance to say you don't need to wear them if you're vaccinated. You do if you aren't. Yeah. And don't worry, we've got this great way to enforce it. And that means of enforcement is, drumroll please. The honors system. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a big bet on people just doing the right thing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, in my, like, cynical, you know, skeptical journalism brain, I'm like, I, I don't know if everybody's going to do the right thing. And, and yeah. honestly, you know, it, they probably are not. And do you trust that people who are not vaccinated, given what we've seen over the past year plus will actually keep their masks on. In terms of the honor system, people have to be honest with themselves. You're protected if you're vaccinated. You're not if you're not vaccinated. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today... If you've been fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Let me repeat. If you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. The Honorable Adam Kankren on how that's a little easier said than done. And there are still a lot of lingering questions after the CDC's new mask guidance. The difficulty here is that, you know, you have to remember when CDC puts out this guidance, it's it's just that, it's guidance. Uh-huh. And so what you're going to see is states, localities, businesses, all kind of interpret it and apply it differently depending on you know what their situation is and, and how confident they are in this. So within the first 24 hours of CDC putting out this guidance, you saw several states move to say, look, we're going to follow that. We're taking off any indoor mask mandates for people who are vaccinated. Some states, Maryland, for example, went even further and said, you know, mask mandates are off for the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. Hmm. Uh, and businesses are kind of, you know, trying to figure out what kind of risks are we going to put on our workers? How should we apply this? That's really the next step here in terms of kind of figuring out what the landscape looks like. Mm-hmm. You mentioned how states are easing their mask mandates, but there are others who, after the new guidance came out, didn't and said, you know, they're reviewing the evidence on this. What do you make of that? Like, is that a problem to kind of have states negating the guidance at the federal level here? Well, it's it's tricky and potentially it is. I mean, there has been such an emphasis on, you know, trusting the evidence, follow the science, that kind of thing. Yeah. The, the thing that goes maybe, you know, less remarked upon is that the science is open to interpretation. And, and in good faith, it really, you know, you could look at the same data and two people can come to different conclusions. And, and here, what is really crucial for the states to do, that the states that aren't just kind of following the CDC automatically, is to articulate why, you know, to say, why they're kind of want to take it a little bit slower. And and there are legitimate reasons. I mean, some of the reaction in the public health sphere and the public health community has been, you know, this is such a significant change. And there is this realization that you can't go back from this. You know, why didn't the CDC just 
do something a little bit more gradual. Mm -hmm. Say, things are looking great. Here's our plan for the next two to four to six weeks if everything remains on the right track. And that would have made it easier for states and businesses to prepare and kind of be ready. Uh So if you're a big state, especially like California, you really want to take a look at this and say, okay, what is going to be the impact up and down the state on the various stakeholders, on the businesses, on people, on essential workers who, you know, now are going to have to be going to work, you know, potentially with with people just kind of walking around without masks. And then the last thing you want to look at is, is the national trends, you know, all these improving in great numbers, is that being reflected in your state as well? Is your vaccination rate going up? Are your cases going down? So you and I are both in one of those places that hasn't changed yet. I think, right, Washington, D.C., we still haven't lifted mask mandates for vaccinated people. Yeah. How are you making sense of the, like, you don't need to wear a mask if you're fully vaccinated, but actually uh, you, you still do situation? It's kind of weird, right? <laughs> it is. It's, it's, been really, it's been really hard to wrap my mind around because, uh, you know, even before the CDC came out with this announcement, if you remember, D.C., said uh, maybe a few days before they were planning on just opening everything up you know in the next few weeks and at the time that felt like really ambitious i think only florida had done that and so everybody was looking around and being like you know why is dc pushing this hard mm-hmm. and now suddenly it looks like you know one of the laggards yeah so it's been really difficult to kind of you know keep up i think there are a couple principles and it's something that you know joe biden really really tried to harp on when he came out and and made the speech in the Rose Garden right after this announcement. So all of us, let's be patient. Be patient with one another. That people personally are going to feel differently about the speed to which they want to kind of return to some kind of normalcy. You know, some may say, just feel more comfortable continuing to wear a mask. They may feel that way. So if you're someone with a mask, you see them, please treat them with kindness and respect. And we have to be okay with that, right? We have to kind of treat this this weird transitional period with a little bit of grace. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, it's kind of like, you know, if you want to wear the mask still, whether it's indoors or outdoors, sure. Like, why not? If you don't, like, you're perfectly within your rights. And I think the only critical thing here to do is, like, just follow whatever guidelines you're walking into, right? If you're going to a store that still requires an indoor mask, just wear the mask. Um, so we're in like this kind of a weird transitional period. My feeling is you got to do whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, and at some point, we'll all arrive back somewhere hopefully close to normal. Yeah, I like that. You, you should write a guide on how to not wear a mask, but also maybe still wear a mask. I think people need that. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, that's the risk here, right? It's like the masks have been so politically charged from the beginning it's that you know okay you're taking away by by cdc doing this you're taking away a lot of the division maybe at the federal level the, a lot of the pressure that the federal government and state governments were feeling but now you're also putting it on individuals to kind of you know just treat each other with a little bit of respect and that's not guaranteed i mean i've already seen you know videos of confrontations in front of businesses where the mask mandates are still in effect but people who are very anti-mask now feel like they have the right to, you know, confront those businesses and have the federal government on their side. So, you know, there's going to be still some kind of weird divisions and confrontations. And, and, and that's kind of the risk of the next, the next few weeks. 
If you had to predict now, like looking a couple months down the line, do you think masks are basically gone in like every situation, grocery, travel, all of that? I don't think masks 100% are gone. I mean, you look at a lot of Asian countries where where mask wearing is normal. And I think to a degree that may happen here. You know, I think about the last, you know, year and in addition to thankfully not getting covid, I also didn't get the flu. I didn't get sick. And I think you can attribute a lot of that to the fact that we we're all walking around with masks. So when it comes to riding on the metro, uh, being in airports, I, I think there will be a contingent, probably a, a minority of people, but a contingent who will feel like I still want to be wearing the masks in those settings. I think at some point, you know, there will be a return to some normalcy where if you see a mask, it'll be out of the ordinary, right? And not necessarily the norm. As far as the CDC, I, I think there, you know, it is one of those decisions where CDC is very aware that there's no going back here just not really possible to take off, you know, the mask guidance to this degree. And then two or three weeks later, be like, oh, actually, we mis- miscalculated. We're going to have to put it back on. Uh-huh. So there is an awareness throughout the agency of just the gravity of this decision. And, and that's really the big risk here is that you are making this decision with the knowledge that cases could still go back up. Uh, there are emerging variants of, of the virus, and those could you know, create issues down the line. So politically, there is a serious risk here uh, that this could backfire. Adam Kankren, thanks so much for talking with me. Absolutely. Hope to do it uh, maskless in person at some point soon. (laughs) Me too. But uh, as Biden would say. Let's be patient. Be patient with one another. So it might be a little while. (laughs) (laughs) Also, today, just days after being ousted as House Republicans' third-ranked leader, Representative Liz Cheney is still voicing her concerns about the state of the GOP. In an interview with ABC on Sunday, Cheney said her party's decision to replace her with New York Representative Elise Stefanik, a staunch supporter and ally of former President Trump, is dangerous. And quote, we have to recognize what it means for the nation to have a former president who is not conceded and who continues to suggest that our electoral system cannot function, cannot do the will of the people. Cheney was stripped of her position because of her willingness to publicly reject Trump's unfounded theories about a rigged election. And support for legislation overhauling military sexual assault policies is growing, and the measure's sponsors are pointing to it as a prime example of how Congress can channel bipartisanship. Speaking to CBS on Sunday, Senator Joni Ernst, who recently crossed the aisle to join forces with Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, said, quote, The give-and-take process that we went through to arrive at a solution is a template. Gillibrand, who has spent years pushing to change how the military handles sexual assault and other serious crimes, announced that the legislation, which would remove the decision to prosecute major crimes from military commanders and shift that authority to experienced military prosecutors instead, now has 61 co-sponsors, meaning it can clear the Senate's 60-vote threshold to break a filibuster and secure a vote. 
This episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like what you're hearing and want to help us out, you can do that by telling a friend to check out the show. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.